the seven years tribulation is going to be horrible. Talks about you think the fires in Australia are bad now. You can't imagine what it's going to be like later on without the Holy Spirit. But there's only one person worthy to take the seals, and it says the reason why here. Verse nine: For you were slain, you have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe, every tongue, every people and nation. You have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard a voice of many angels. Around the throne, the living creatures, the elders, the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So any person that tells you that only 144,000 people can go to heaven, haven't read this scripture. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It's a great verse, that one. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth, under the, under the earth, such as are in, in the sea and all, the, all in them, I heard them saying, even the fish are singing this song, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray before we start. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you for your presence and thank you that you are a worthy God, that you deserve all the praise. Your name is to be lifted up. God, I pray, help us to worship you the way you deserve to live our lives in a worthy manner and not so be so concerned about our worth, but be concerned about your worth. Let your name be exalted. We give you all the praise and thank you what the Holy Ghost is going to do tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody says, amen. Is Jesus worthy to you? So let's look firstly at appreciating his worthiness or getting an understanding here. Like I said before, we sing a lot of songs. We sang tonight, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise Worthy is your name. We sing songs like, when I think about the Lord, makes me want to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the honor and all the praise. We sing this song, worthy is the lamb, seated on the throne. We sang tonight, another one, build my life. And I love that verse. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. These are beautiful songs. But we don't really use the word worthy too often today. It's, it's more of a biblical word. And so the word definition of worthy is having or showing the qualities that deserve specific action or regard. Having, showing qualities that deserve action or regard. And, but, the, but the word is much deeper than that. That's, that's a pretty shallow meaning. And so uh, and the Hebrew understanding is a set of scales. I think we've got a picture here of some scales and what they will do when they're going to buy something, you see these old, old scales here. And so they'll put the weight of what they were going to buy on one side and the payment on the other side. And they had to make sure that they, they matched up. And so what you were paying for was worthy or the weight was the same weight of what you were receiving. And they made sure that that was correct, that was equal. And so no one will be getting ripped off here. And so this is what it means when something is worthy, that means it's, it's weighty enough. It's, it's enough. It's valuable enough. The Hebrew definition says it's something that is fitting, suitable, or appropriate. And so I think the greatest way to explain, explain it now is, ever gone shopping and you saw a jacket you really liked and it looked really nice? And so you get it, you try it on, this is awesome. Then you look at the price tag and you're like, huh, okay, no, thank you. And you put it back and you just pretend that you never saw it again. Because the price didn't match what it was worth to you. There was a, there was a, if if you were wise, you put it back. Amen. Not put it on credit and I just need to get it anyway, but it's nice, but it's not worth it. It's not worth that price. I'll wait for it to be on discount or clearance or I'll just love the t-shirts that I've got at the moment. And so in our text, we get a glimpse of what heaven is like. 
This is a true account of heaven. People, what are we going to do in heaven? It's going to be something like this. This is not a dream. This is what it's going to be like. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And even in heaven, they are crying out about the worthiness of our God. Even in heaven. Even when they've received everything that they need to receive, they are in the presence of God. They said, God, you are worthy of, of everything that we have. And that's for all eternity. But how many know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if he's worthy in heaven, he's worthy here on earth as well. He's worthy all the time. He hasn't diminished in worth. You know, if you want to buy something cheaper, you buy it secondhand, right? When something's a bit older, it's, it's a bit cheaper. Not, not so with Christ because Jesus' worth cannot go up. It cannot go down because he is worth everything. And you might say, so why is he worthy? Why, do we, why is he on the scales? Like if we had those scales, we could place everything in this whole earth on one side and put Jesus on the other side and won't even, won't even lift it, just a tap. Won't even make a dent. So why is he worthy? And worth can always be proven. So it says in verse 9, and they sang a new song. So again, I'm not going to get to all this, but that means they're singing a new song about his worthiness in heaven because God's, the worthiness of God never gets old. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So they say you are worthy for two reasons, God. Number one, you were slain. Why don't we just let that sink in for a moment? Jesus, God in the flesh, was slain for us. And we don't really use the word slain, but I've got a definition here of slain. To kill violently, to murder. Jesus was slain for us, violently killed for us, murdered for us. This wasn't, you know, some, you see some photos of Jesus and he's on the cross and like his hair's perfect, right? He's got perfect muscles, there's no blood on him, there's, all, there's like a little trickle. His beard's perfect, still everything's great. But that's not what it was like. Isaiah 52, 14. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. That's what it means that he was slain. And people, we think about the cross, and the cross obviously was torture in itself that in that one aspect. But there was also the beatings. It was where they put bags over his head and beat him. And they pulled his beard out of his face and the whipping post where they'd get cat of nine tails where they get this piece of leather and put rocks and glass and sharp objects in there. And they would whip him and it'd cling to his side, to his legs and to his body and they'd rip it out. The crown of thorns that they placed on his head. And all of that, he was slain and all of that was for us. That's why he's worthy. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, is one of, a great scripture says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received from the tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed uh, with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. We weren't redeemed with, some, we weren't bought with gold, with money. 
We weren't bought, bought with some silver. We weren't bought, bought with some property or with a jacket or with an animal. We were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That was our payment. So firstly, imagine, let's, let's, let's build the scales, right? Let's put Jesus' blood on this one set of the scales. And then what are, we, what are we going to put on the other side to balance it out? So if the first reason he was slain, he's worthy is, one, he was slain. Number two, he redeemed us, it says in our text. The word redeem means to loosen that which is bound, especially freeing those in prison. The price paid for loosing captives from their chains and setting them free. There's someone that was in prison and you could pay for them to be, to be let out and he, the payment was through the blood of Jesus. But all of us, we have to understand that we were all in prison through our sin. It wasn't just this, I sinned a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Jesus says in John 8, 34, Jesus answered them saying, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. Slavery. And all of us are in this, 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 uh, this situation right here. And if it's not for the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus, all of us on our way, one way ticket, 100 miles an hour to a devil's hell. Because good people don't go to heaven. People washed by the blood of the Lamb go to heaven. Because no one is good. Remember that shopping story I told you about? You, buy, you look at something and you're like, oh, and I don't want that. That's too expensive. Let's think about when God wanted to buy us back from our sin. He's like, okay, I want to buy these people. They're in sin, slaves to sin. I want to, buy them. I want to redeem them. So he grabs us from slavery and he looks at the price tag and it says, the blood of your son. If it was, like, let's be honest. Well, just put it back, right? Uh, is any of us here worth the blood of Jesus Christ? Like, no. Today's preaching is, you're worth this and you're worth that. No, we're not worth that. God loves us. That's why he did it. But that is not the, we are not on the same level as the blood of Jesus Christ. But this shows the love of God. That even though he knew it was going to cost him, he said, I'll, I'll pay it. Hebrews 9.12, not with the blood of goats or calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And the problem is we don't view our sin or God the way that we should. And it's hard to explain because it's so far out of our minds. It's like saying, I bought a house for $10. You be like, that's, a, that's an amazing deal. You bought a house for $10? Yeah, but flip that $10. Can't believe I had to pay $10. Like, you got a house. How could you complain about $10? But isn't that true? Many of us, we complain about our lives when we got everything we ever needed and it was paid for. We didn't even pay $10. So two things here. We view our sin as very, very little. We view our sin as not a big deal, right? We view our sin as, oh, everyone does it. It's no biggie. In Matthew 18, there's a story of the unforgiving servant. And the master says, I forgave you 10,000 talents. Now, the 10,000 in those days was not necessarily just a number. It was their highest number that they could count to. So to them, 10,000 was infinity. In 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul says, though you have 10,000 instructors, you do not have many fathers. So as you can have the, a million infinity instruct, instructors, it's better to have one father. 
And here he is saying again in that, that text, you can have you have infinity sins, not ten thousand. It is we there's the, the largest number we can ever ever dream of. And what that teaches us is that our debt of sin was way bigger than we could ever imagine. Way bigger. No matter how bad you think you are, it's worse. <laughs> it's much worse. And I really did the, I can't, oh man, I can't, I'm so, I can't, this is so bad. No, no, it's not. It's worse than that. Heaps worse than that. Much, much worse. And, you're, and maybe you're thinking, well, I didn't really do that much, that much bad. I only did a couple of things bad. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't killing people. And I wasn't this. Well, the Bible says if you commit one sin, you're guilty of all the sins. And even your little sin is really bad. Because one sin is enough to send us to hell. It's immeasurable. And so what do you pay for something that's immeasurable? It needs to balance out. So he paid with something that's immeasurable, and that's with the blood of Jesus Christ. Luke 15 is the prodigal son. And then I like verse 17. He says, then he came to himself. It means he came to his senses. How many know we've got a lot of people that need to come to their senses, right? And so finally he comes to, he wasted all his money, all his, his, you know, getting money and girls and all this sort of stuff. He finally comes to his senses and he goes, how many of my father's hired servants Bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And he realizes how deep his sin is. He goes, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've done this. I'm not worthy anymore. I don't measure up. Just let me be a servant. And that's all of us. We, we do not deserve sonship. We do not deserve relationship. We do not deserve friendship with God. But he redeemed us. And now we have that. Doesn't matter how great you are, doesn't matter how many people you save, doesn't matter how many sacrifices you make for God, we are, none of us are ever going to be worthy. It talks about John the Baptist, right? What did Jesus say about John the Baptist? Didn't he say that he's the greatest among women, born of women? Not among women, he's a man. Born of women. And he says here, this is the greatest man to ever live. Look what he says in look what John says in Matthew 3:11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. The greatest man to ever live says, I, I, am not, I am not worthy to pick up his sandals. Because our sin's massive, guys. Our sin is huge. It, it's, it's ridiculously large, and we can never, ever really understand that. So don't ever look like your sin is small. Another problem we see is that we view God as too small. We view ourselves as quite large, and we view God can't do this or he can't do that. There's a song, Pastor Toppin. Um, played when he was, or sang when he was here. That song, Be Magnified, you might remember on that Sunday morning. And um, he told me about it in, in song service, and I was like, I'll play it for you during the altar call, because we played in the Footscray church. But the, he sang the verse, and we've never sang the verse in Footscray. And so I was making it up on the spot as he was singing. And I was like, Ernie, Ernie, I don't know the song. And so we had to sort of get through. But these are the lyrics of the, of the verse. The song's called Be Magnified. I, I don't think I sent this out, but says, I have made you too small in my eyes. O oh Lord, forgive me. And when he said that first line, I was like, oh man. How many of us would make God too small in our eyes? Then the second verse, I have leaned on the wisdom of man. O oh Lord, please forgive me. I have responded to them instead of your love and your mercy. It's a good song, man. I'll, I'll send it out in the group chat. Listen to it tonight and cry to sleep. No, I'm joking, but it's a great song called Be Magnified, O Lord. 
Isaiah 40:18. To whom will you liken God? Or to what likeness will you compare to him? So Jesus is truly worthy of, of everything. He is a worthy God. He's a great king. He is the king of kings. Like you can't get any higher. The highest position of all time. He's, he's higher than the president. He's higher than the prime minister. He's higher than any chief or anyone any of the islands. He is God. And he sits on the throne and he will always be God. And he deserves all the, all the praise. And he is worthy. So let's look secondly and finally. Only two points tonight. Some of you are like, thank God, because he went long on that first one. It's all right. Let's look secondly at what is he worthy of? So we know he's worthy. So what is he worthy of? We've established that. So what do we put on the other scale, other side of the scales? How does this balance out? It says in our text and in Revelation 4.11, If you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, you created all things, and by, and by your will they exist and were created. That's us. You were created by God. I was created by God. And because of his will, we exist. And so he says, glory, honor, and power. I don't have time tonight to go into all glory, honor, and power. Let's just look at one. And you can leave the rest to your imagination. He is worthy of honor. The word honor means to show high regard, respect for, and to count as valuable, to esteem, to value, to honor, or to revere. To respect in the highest, the highest respect. And let me maybe give you some examples of what people honor, and maybe that could help explain how we can apply that to Christ. Uh, in a couple of weeks, there's a Super Bowl, the, the NFL, and I know not many of you follow that. I only follow it towards the end of the season because I find it really boring, but the end of the season is pretty cool. And there's two teams in the Super Bowl in two weeks, the 49ers versus the Chiefs. And there's a man by the name of uh, Mitch Wisnowski. He's an Australian punter for the 49ers, and they brought out an article how he got picked and whatnot. And he said, uh, through the, the trials, he didn't have enough money to, to buy a, a hotel or get a hotel room throughout his trials. And so he bought a 24-7 gym membership and slept on the floor in the bathroom. And he said in the article, he says, I'm not above sleeping on the floor. To him, kicking a ball was worthy of sleeping on the floor in a bathroom in a gym. To him, that was worthy. Another man by the name of George Thompson, he climbed a building called the Shard. I've got a photo here of the Shard. This is Europe's tallest building, 310 meters high. It's hard to get a good photo of it because those, are other, and the photo, those buildings in the back, they're massive. It just shows how big this, this tower is. He climbed this by himself. He climbed it in 45 minutes, but the problem was the climb is illegal, and he was sent to prison for six months. And not any prison, he was uh, sent to a prison called uh, Pentonville Prison. It was one of the worst in the UK. He says, drugs, weapons, and mobile phones are being smuggled into the overcrowded and crumbling rat-infested prison. He was in this prison for 22 hours, uh, to, uh, in a cell for 22 hours a day. The first day he was there, a man got stabbed to death. And so he's on this talk show, and they say to him, did you regret your decision? Just climbing a building and for six months you're in jail, in one of the worst jails in the UK. And he said this, the climb was worth every minute in jail. I'll never let adversary, adversity sorry, extinguish my spirit. I see jail as a success fee for achieving my dream. To him, 
jail was worth it. Living in a rat-infested, murderous prison for six months was worth climbing a building. You all know where I'm going with this, don't you, eh? So their love of sport, their love of climbing buildings was worth sleeping on a gym bathroom floor or spending six months in prison. And for them, no sacrifice was too big. So the question I have is what sacrifice is too big for you? What level is, does Jesus stop being worthy? Matthew 10.37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Ay, caramba. Some pretty deep stuff now, hey? It's, it sounds cute when you read it out, but when you actually understand what worthy means. What about the woman with the alabaster, alabaster flask? It's like a year's wages, and she breaks it on Jesus' feet. She breaks one year's wages on Jesus' feet. And she's crying and she washes his feet with her hair. And everyone's complaining. She shouldn't do that. That's, that's too much. That's too extravagant. And Jesus says, leave her alone. That's good. Can I tell you guys, there's no sacrifice that you will ever make that's too good for Jesus. It might be too good for people around you. But it will never be too great for Jesus. There will never be a time we got to heaven and God said, you didn't have to go that far. He did, that was too much. That's never going to happen. But what do we do? Pastor, where's the line? 10%, right? On the dot. <laughs> Pastor, you're going long in this sermon. I've got places to be. Where are you going to be on a Wednesday night? Nowhere. Is Jesus worthy to you? Colossians 1.10, that, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that you may walk worthy of the Lord. So what areas do we do to honor God to walk worthy of him? So the answer is everything, right? He's worthy of every breath we sang before. So let's maybe break a couple of them down and let's talk about them practically. What's the point of just talking about everything? Let's just talk about some things, right? So what about our time? Is Jesus worthy of your time? Because so many people don't have time for God. I love this one when people haven't been to church for a while. Hey, man, hey, where have you been? Oh, I've been busy. All good. <laughs> no worries. I understand. It's fine. You don't have time? For, for, you, you don't have time for God. For outreach, for prayer, I'll just meet you at outreach. <laughs> for Bible reading, you, you do not have 15 minutes. Is he worthy of 15 minutes of putting YouTube down, putting social media down, putting everything down, and opening a book of the Word of God? Time. Do you have time for ministry? And then what do we take it to another level? Do we have time to make it to church on Christian time, not island time? 
when you played sport, what time did you get to the game if the game was at 12? Someone yell out, what, what time would you get there? 10, 10, 9, 10? But then we, we rock up at 10.30 for church when, like, I don't know. I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. Is he worthy or is kicking a ball worthy? <laughs> I'm leaving on Friday. I'm gone, guys. You're going to see me for a week. <laughs> I'm just, this is the Bible, right? This is, this is, this is, this is what Jesus is saying. If, are you worthy of me? So that's time. I'm not, we can go all day, but I'm, I'm not going to. What about strength? When was the last time you got tired serving God? Not tired as in, I want to quit, but you physically were tired. That you gave your strength to God. That I was at outreach and then I followed up this person. Then I did this and then I had to practice and I did this. And then at the end of it, I was exhausted. Because how many got tired serving the devil, right? All, out, all hours of the night. All hours of the night. And we got tired the next day. Then church goes a little bit long. You're like, whoa, whoa, I got, the kids got to go to school in the morning, pastor. What the heck? It is not because of the sermon that the kids are going late to school, my friends. Strength. And I don't, I'm not going to get into that deep. But you can. What about this one? What about our voice in worship? Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. goes on saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain, power, riches, wisdom. Strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. Is Jesus worth you singing loud? Is he worth you lifting up your voice as we praise God? Because what, what I notice a lot in our church, in other churches, is that people, they're not really, they're not, they're not worshiping. It's sort of just... Or we're singing a song. What do we, what do we sing? Forever. Forever, God is forever. Not even singing, but Saturday nights, the voice, like Sunday morning, your voice was gone. When I used to, when I used to go to sports in Australia, just watching it and being in the crowd, my voice would be gone the next day. Anyone following what I mean? How many at the, at the sports game were all out? Let's all praise God. Then they score a goal in your sport or something. I was like, yes! Let's all raise our hands. I thought we follow the worship leader. That's what I thought. I thought he's the worship leader. So when he says, let's all, let's all raise our hands, I thought we all raise our hands. Is he worthy of you raising your hands? Is he worthy of you lifting up your voice in the worship songs? When we say, let's all praise God, is he worthy of your mouth moving as well, telling him, or just... I tell you what, tell you, oh, um, anyway, tell you what gets me the most, is like when we finish a song, let's give God praise, and it's like, yeah, in like three seconds. Is God worth more than three seconds? Is he worth longer than a YouTube advertisement? Three seconds. You can't tell God what he's worth in un- over three seconds. God, I love you. I'm out of stuff, Pastor. I've got nothing else to say. I'm gone. I've gone through everything he's ever done for me. And who he is, I am out of options. <laughs> Number four. Is he worthy 
maybe you never thought like this, is he worthy of, of persecution? Let's look at Paul's attitude when he was getting persecuted. Well, this was, this was the prophecy over his life, okay? Imagine the evangelist comes and gives a prophecy, and he gives a prophecy to Paul. Acts 21, 10 to 14. And we stayed many days. A certain man named Agabus came down from Judea, and he was a prophet. When he had come to us, he, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt, and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So he grabs a belt, ties his own hands and feet together, is lying on the floor. Thus says the Lord our God, whoever owns this belt, this is what's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. So you're like, yeah, that, what a great prophecy. You know? Most of you will be like, get behind me, Satan. That, that is not me. But look what, look what happens here. Verse 12, now when he heard these things, both we and those who were in that place pleaded with him not to go to Jerusalem. They said, no, no, don't, don't go there. This is what's going to happen. And I love his response here because I could feel his heart breaking here. Because he wants to serve God with everything. But obviously he loves people. As you read through the, 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 his letters, he loves the people of the church so much. And Paul answered and says, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? He goes, Guys, why are you trying to break my heart to make me stop doing the will of God? If I'm ready not only to be bound, heck no, I'm ready to die. At the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he would not be persuaded... We ceased saying the Lord, the will of the Lord be done. Man. He said, I'm ready. Whatever it comes. Whatever comes. If people leave me, he's worthy. If all my family backslides, he's worthy. If everyone turns away from me, all my friends and family that said they love me, they never talk to me ever again, he's worthy. If I get thrown in prison, he's worthy. Heck, if they're prepared to climb a, climb a building and go to prison for climbing a building, we should be prepared to go to prison for serving Jesus Christ. And that's barely ever going to happen. He wasn't serving God to get a better life. In so many sermons, you serve God and everything will be worked out well. No, we serve God because he's worthy. Whether he blesses me or he doesn't bless me, he's worthy. Of all the glory and all the praise and all the honor and all the power forever and ever. Amen. We don't serve God so we can get things out of him. That's idolatry. We serve God because he's worthy. He's worthy of heartbreak. He's worthy of pain. He's worthy of betrayal. He's always worthy. He's worthy of faith, number five. In our darkest nights, he is worthy to still be trusted, even when you don't see a way up. This is, this is, in summary, this is my sermon in a quote here. It's a bit of a longer quote, but this is basically what I tried saying in my own words. He says it much better than me, but this is what I've been trying to say. But he is worthy also to be believed in preference to Satan to unbelief, the world, or appearances. To be trusted with all, for all, before all. To be loved more than any other, in opposition to any that would rival him. To be followed, wherever he may lead us, through evil report or good report. To be preferred to ease, pleasure, wealth, health, to anything and everything. Jesus is worthy to be our example, our confident, our king, and our all. He is worthy of all he requires, all we can give, all his people have done for him or suffered in his cause. He's worthy of all. Good, bad, happy, sad. He's still worthy. I've got more here, but I'll just go to the last one. Basically, he is worthy of our life. A life laid down for the king. I ask you, is, is Jesus worthy for you to lay down your life at this altar? 
not just to repent from your sin, but to say, God, I'm all in. Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, because that's holy and that's acceptable to God, and that's your reasonable service. It is only reasonable that we see the Lamb of God who was slain, who redeemed us. The only reasonable response is to lay our lives down. That is the only outcome possible. That God's plans become our plans. That God can tell you no. Because many times Paul wanted to go over here and God told him no. Can God still tell us no? Does God have the right to veto our plans? That we say, God, this is what I'm planning on doing. God says, no, I want you to do this. I want you to stop doing that and I want you to do this. He's worthy of every second, guys. He's worthy of every breath. Every hour of every day. And even if we give him everything, the scales still don't move. David Livingston, I close with this. I've told you his story many times. One of the greatest missionaries in Africa. And he, he has the greatest quote. He says, after all of that, he laid his life down. Also, you should read about him. Horrible things happened to him, but God really helped him. And at the end of his life, they're trying to get some information. And he says, I've never made a sacrifice. How can someone who gave their life to be a missionary in Africa, not with Wi-Fi or anything, in, the, in horrible days, he went to a cannibal infested areas, sickness and all sorts of things. How could he say, I've never made a sacrifice? How can he say that? Because he realized that Jesus is worthy. And it's not a sacrifice if he's worthy. It's not a sacrifice living for God if he's, if he's truly worthy. So the question I have, is Jesus real or is Jesus fake? If he's fake, pretend this sermon never ever happened. If he's real, we've got some work to do. He's worthy, amen. Let's bow our heads, let's pray.